Wait, what? So this happened. I'm Rachel Vallesnor, and this is the podcast Hell is Not the End. Although it feels like just the beginning sometimes. Is anything really the end, though? This podcast is meant to explore the limitless possibilities of one's own soul. Why do people do bad things? Why are there countless happenings beyond understanding? Why, when we are cautioned not to do something, do we just do it anyway? The definition of curiosity, a strong desire to know or learn something. There you have it. I will curiously explore why. Hell is not the end. Philip Seymour Hoffman was born July 23, 1967 in the Rochester suburbs of Fairport, New York. His mother was an elementary school teacher from Waterloo, New York before becoming a lawyer and a family court judge. His father was a native of Geneva, New York and worked for the Xerox Corporation. Philip had one brother and two sisters. The family was mostly Irish and German. Philip was baptized Catholic and did attend Mass as a child, but his childhood wasn't surrounded by religion. When he was nine, his parents divorced and the children were mainly raised by their mother. Philip loved baseball and wrestling. When he was 12, he attended a stage production of Arthur Miller's All My Sons, and this changed him. He once stated that after the performance, he would never be the same. After this, he would regularly attend performances with his mother, who already had a lifelong love of theater. When he was 14, Philip suffered a neck injury that caused him to stop playing his favorite sports but this is when he started considering an acting career instead. His mother then encouraged him to join a drama. When Philip was 17, he was invited to attend the 1984 New York State Summer School of the Arts in Saratoga Springs, where he met his future collaborators. Even then, he was described as passionate. Philip applied for several drama degree programs and was accepted to New York University's Tisch School of the Arts. Between graduating from Fairport High School and beginning the new program, he continued to train at the Circle in the Square Theater's summer program. Philip enjoyed his experience at NYU and worked as an usher to support himself. He co-founded an acting troupe and received his drama degree in 1989. After graduation, Philip worked in an off-Broadway theater and also worked in other customer service jobs. He made his screen debut in 1991. He appeared in an episode of Law & Order, playing a man accused of rape. In 1992, Philip appeared in his first cinematic role in an independent film. He was credited in the role as Phil Hoffman, but not wanting to be confused with any other actor, he adds his grandfather's name, Seymour, to his name. More film roles quickly follow, including a breakout role for Philip in Scent of a Woman, starring Al Pacino. In this Oscar-winning movie, he played a spoiled student. Philip credits this role as THE role. Had it not been for that role and the recognition, he may have not gotten as far as he would have otherwise. After that, he was able to quit his job at a delicatessen and focus on being a professional actor. More film roles will follow. Some are more notable than others. Not wanting to give up on stage work altogether just for a film career, he joined the Labyrinth Theatre Company of New York in 1995. He appeared in many productions and kept association with the company for the rest of his life. 
He served as a co-artistic director and was also credited with directing various plays over the years. In 1996, Phillips' roles started to show the vast versatility range as an actor, still appearing in stage productions as well as film roles. He appeared in the year's biggest blockbuster, Twister, starring Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton, playing a fellow storm chaser. In 1997, he played a boom operator in Boogie Nights, a film based on the golden age of pornography. This film stars Mark Wahlberg, Julianne Moore, and Burt Reynolds. Philip continues on the road to success. Although not all the movies he appeared in were always a commercial success, it was obvious that he was growing as an actor. In 1998, he appeared in The Big Lebowski, along with Jeff Bridges and John Goodman, playing a smug personal assistant. Not that it was a huge part of the film, but it had its own cult status that fans recognize him for. He continued performing on stage. He also appeared in Patch Adams with Robin Williams. This movie was definitely more of a mainstream release, although it was highly criticized. He played a medical graduate. In 1999, Philip appears in Magnolia as a nurse caring for a dying father. That movie has been on the best movies of all time list since it was released. He also appeared in the thriller, The Talented Mr. Ripley, playing a sort of preppy bully to Matt Damon's character, Ripley. After these two movies, Philip was recognized as the year's biggest supporting actor by the National Board of Review. After that, more notable movies came along while continuing his stage performances and being recognized, receiving a Drama Desk Award nomination for Outstanding Featured Actor for the off-Broadway play The Author's Voice. The success and accolades just kept coming. In 2005, Philip gives his performance of a lifetime, portraying writer Truman Capote in film Capote, a dramatization of Capote during the time he wrote his novel In Cold Blood. He would receive an Academy Award and Golden Globe for Best Actor for his portrayal. He continued working right up until his death. What the public didn't realize was that he was struggling from substance abuse. Not an ongoing substance abuse, but abusing drugs at an early age, getting clean, and then relapsing shortly before his death. He kept his private life just that, private. He never mentioned his long-time relationship or his children, and didn't go in-depth about religion or politics. On February 2nd, 2014, he was found dead in the bathroom of his Manhattan apartment. Friends told the police that his drug use was under control at the time, but the facts contradicted this. Heroin and prescribed medications were found at the scene. He also had a syringe in his arm. His death was ruled an accident due to acute mixed drug intoxication, including heroin, cocaine, benzodiazepines, and amphetamine. Benzodiazepines and amphetamine. Benzodiazepines and Benzodiazepine, benzodiazepines and amph- a- am- amphetamine? amphetamine, benzodiazepines and amphetamines. I think I'm going to include that a little bit because that was funny. It was unclear if these drugs had been taken at the same time or if there were remnants already in his system. Despite his overwhelming success, he still had demons. 
It goes without saying that he contributed what he could in the time that he had. He was the best at bringing out the worst quality in his characters while remaining a love-to-hate character. My hope is that no one has to live in fear, ever. As always, I will never give up and read the signs. Special thanks to all the reading materials my mom could get her hands on, internet mostly, thanks to wikipedia.org. Thanks so much for listening. I am Rachel Vallisnor, and this is the podcast, Hell is Not the End.